0: Welcome to Clearcast. Clearcast is the Ministry of Clearnote Church in West Indianapolis. I'm your host, Tim Dukeman. I'm here with our producer Martin, and of course, Pastor Dave. Okay. what are we talking about tim? so today we're we're going to talk about repentance and um specifically what that looks like. We've all heard the the word, and it's we want to take some time and think in a little more detail about what that looks like so Famously, in the first of Martin Luther's 95 theses, uh, he says, when, the, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. Pastor Dave, what does that mean? <laughs> what
1: does
2: it mean? <laughs> well, technically or
3: formally, repentance is a turning away from sin. Stop it, it, you know, Turning away from something and turning toward something else—it's not just a stopping, but it's a starting. You're stopping a particular sin; you're you're starting, replacing it with an obedience or a practice that honors God, as opposed to the sin that doesn't honor God. Um, on paper, repentance is really simple. You should repent if you're convicted. You should repent. The question is, what is repentance, and I think that repentance is what I should. When I think of repentance, I just kind of groan on the inside because I just, because my initial reaction is that is so painful. But there's also a relief. That's my, that's the, that's the, you know, the second wave is after they're like, oh, it's like, yes, <laughs> you know, it's like having a tight muscle and something like, you know, your wife, just, you know, your kid rubs your back and you're like, oh, it hurts. And then they push a little more and you're like, oh, and then the muscle relax. and you're like, oh, so much better. Um, that's what repentance is. It's, it's a turning away, but it, it, there are things that precede repentance. And I don't think that repentance is largely something
2: that emanates from your brain. Being
3: convinced or knowing, have a knowledge that something is wrong. It, it, it's, it comes from your heart being convicted that what you're doing or have done or have said or whatever is offensive to God. Um, I think repentance is something that has been whittled down to, um, I think we only tend to think of repentance in terms of offending other people. We don't think of it in terms of offending God. You know, when David killed uh, Uriah and was confronted about his sin in Psalm 51, he he says, against you and you alone, O Lord, have I sinned. Well, he's talking about having killed Uriah. So he sinned against Uriah, and he sinned against Bathsheba. Like, and, and we could probably enumerate other people if we thought about that were affected by or harmed, Uriah's parents, siblings, what have you. Like He sinned against a lot of people, but then in the psalm, as a part of his repentance, he says, against you alone, O Lord, have we sinned. And that doesn't mean that he didn't sin against the other people, but it meant that David understood something about repentance that we don't even take for granted, we're just unaware of.
2: Mm-hmm. That.
3: However other people or we ourselves are keeping track of sins in, against, you know, that we've committed or have been committed against us, God's keeping track as well and knows and sees and remembers those things. And so, and I, and, you know, whenever you talk, you sit and think, people are going to object to this. Does God keep track of our sins? Yes. <sighs> yes. Well, until they're forgiven by Christ, he has a record of them. Mm-hmm. He has a perfect record of them. And you don't get to, you don't get uh, editorial powers over the list to agree or disagree or amend or like he has, he's, he just judge of the earth and he keeps track of our sins. And um, we want this, that to be, that
4: keeps track of the really, really bad things, mostly that other people do.
3: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, I can see, you could object to it say, but don't we have freedom in Christ? And I'm like, yes, in Christ. But even then, there was a record of all of the sins. That you have yet to commit that will have been paid for, and right. he doesn 't remember them anymore in judgment against us because they 've been satisfied, but there 's still a you know you think of being in the courtroom and the judge reading off you 're charged with twenty six counts of you know crimes you know and they and they read they say here 's the thing, not guilty here 's the uh, not guilty like there 's a record right. and they 're not held against you anymore, and so I think there's a way of of taking the grace of God and abusing it to undercut or do away with the necessity of repentance. It's like grace means Jesus coming and dying and God's grace being poured out means that like he threw away the book and there's no, there's no account of it anywhere. And
2: that's just not true. And it's interesting that
3: even with ourselves, like there's this, I can't remember who it was one time. It was Oprah. Something like was talking about loving yourself and forgiving yourself. There's a lot of talk about Christians heading that direction. Being like we need to forgive yourself. <laughs> and I'm just left being like, the Bible doesn't ever say a word about having to forgive yourself. Right. Like you need to be concerned with whether primarily whether God's forgiven you right. and you need to pursue peace with all men, the ones you
2: sinned against that they would forgive you. But when it comes to like
3: forgiving yourself, I just don't see anywhere in scripture where that's even an idea. You need to repent yourself, but forgiving yourself just, it doesn't make any, it just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, um, it makes me think that repentance is often the thing that we do other things to avoid having to do. Um, say it, I don't know
2: what you mean, say it again.
0: So so we do other things instead, like I think about, okay. um, there are a lot of people who, they like one of the reasons a lot of people get into political activism um, is, even good political activism is because they have guilt over their sin. Like there are a lot of people who like we've, we've talked about this before with even some of the people who do activism surrounding trying to get rid of abortion that what they're actually trying to do is compensate for sin that's in their lives and the ways in which they failed. Well, I, I know I failed on these things, but if I can succeed in stopping abortion and i can work toward that end then that will make up for it right but it doesn't
3: yeah keeping a tally of good and bad mm-hmm. we do good to offset the bad right. or we do good because we did bad penance mm-hmm. penance and repentance are not the same thing
4: we do it with our or the people we love you know bring flowers home instead of saying i'm sorry right
3: like <laughs> yeah <laughs> repentance is a <laughs>
0: Draw the distinction between penance and repentance for a second.
3: I mean, repentance is an acknowledgement of, when I think of repentance, I think the only time you actually repent is when you've given up hope of there being any other resolution to the problem. <laughs> yeah, You're just like, okay, mm-hmm. I tried, I tried stopping. I couldn't. Right. I, I tried feeling bad about it. It didn't matter. I, I saw what it caused, the trouble it caused, the people who were affected by it. No change. I'm about to lose my job. I still can't get rid of it. I'm going to redefine it. Still feel bad at night. Like there's just all of this stuff. I'm going to do penance. I'm going to try to, you know, put my thumb on the scales of just of, <laughs> of my conscience. And in the end, it's like, it doesn't work. Yeah. You don't, you don't find relief. You don't find rest. And so penance, even that is still a paying for a trying to, um, You're still in the game. You're still trying to affect change. Right. And repentance says, okay, I'm lost. Right. I'm lost. I screwed it up. It's over. I need mercy. Mm -hmm. That's all I can have. The only, the only solution here is mercy. I don't deserve mercy. And I think that's a huge thing is that we, even sometimes when we ask for mercy, we feel entitled to it, but you don't, we're not entitled to mercy. Like Mm -hmm. not real mercy. No. No. Like you're not, like God doesn't, our people, like we're not, people don't say, as, as, a, as a general rule, they don't say, oh, I owe you forgiveness. Mm-hmm. On what basis? We're here talking because of all the things you've done wrong, not all the things you've done right. You've not earned right. good stuff. You've you've, you've, you've earned bad, you've earned judgment.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, when people are upset with us for the sins that we commit, they're often right to be upset with us. Mm-hmm. Even if we think that they shouldn't be upset with us, right? And so, how can we expect them? You know, we we presume upon them. Well, you need to be gracious because you're a Christian, and, and yes, like okay, they're sinners too. But this idea that there's a there's a tra- that repentance is a transaction or the or a negotiation is just wrong-headed. Repentance is a is when all of that other stuff has failed, and sadly, it, it often all that other stuff has to fail first, where we get scared enough of the consequences of our sins to actually turn away from them,
1: right. that we
3: actually see that this thing is going to, this sin will, is going to plant me in hell. That's the way scripture
4: talks about it. Well, otherwise it's just a negotiation. Like it's not repentance is not us saying to God, okay, if you will do this for me, I'll do this for you. Right.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, there's no negotiating with God. I remember when I became a Christian, I got myself into such a mess. This is how I became a Christian.
2: I got myself into such a mess that I, I thought, I've ruined my life. I've ruined my
3: life. And I prayed to God and asked, if, 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 if I won't get what I deserve, and I knew what I deserved, if I won't get what I deserve, I will never commit that sin again. I will not do it again. Mm. Because I, I, I mean, remember, I didn't grow up in the church. I hadn't, I hadn't been taught all these, you know, the right way to pray. Mm-hmm. I was just scared. Yeah. Like, and so all I knew was to say, please, Lord, don't let me get what I deserve and I won't do this anymore. And it was sincere. Yeah. I really didn't want to do this anymore, you know? And I finally had rest and I finally did put to death that sin. And it was painful for me, for people around me. And, but God was merciful. And I tried managing it. I tried negotiating. I tried, you know, you think, well, tomorrow, tomorrow, you know, and, and never today. And repentance finally was like, okay, it became clear to me that what what be, as I became a Christian and was processing through repentance and was untaught, and it's not like I'd read the whole Bible, what became clear to me, I just by the work of the Holy Spirit, I, I guess, was. When you, when you make your own decisions, you destroy everything around you, mm. yourself, the people around you. Like You are just going to make an absolute mess of everything. That is the, that's the honest testimony of your actions. You don't mean to. You wouldn't say, I'm trying to ruin my life and everyone else's. But when you, if you were to just look at like, you made this decision and these are the, this is the cost of that decision. Oh, you did it again. Oh, yeah. you did it again. Oh, a fourth. You know, right? It's like when you strip away, like, oh, but he didn't mean to, or oh, he didn't have a dad, or oh, poor kid. Mm-hmm. Like, which all those things were true, but when you strip all that away, and you're like, yeah, but that guy's immoral. Like, he he's he's making moral decisions that have real consequences. I was just like, when I make when when I do what I want to do, it's just destruction.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And part of my prayer that the Lord would forgive me initially was to say, tell me what to do. I'll do what you say. I want to do what you say. I wish I, wish I did more of what he said to this day. Yeah. But that was, my, that was my sincere heart's desire, was to say, I want to do what God says. Because I've, I've, I've had my cup full of doing what Dave wants. Uh. And it just it's just, you sow, I've sowed the wind and I've reaped the whirlwind. And I see it by God's grace. Lord help. And so, and, and that meant that everything in my life had to change. Like what I spent my time doing, I went from being in the gym three or four hours a day and being in a pool hall four or five hours a night and working 10 hours a day, not sleeping much to no more pool, no more exercising, helping with a youth group and going to small groups in a church. Like, and, and so like the people, none of the people overlapped, mm. whole <laughs> new, ch- whole new groups of people like the gym rats in the pool hall junkies for swap them out for the youth group kids and these Christian singles in the small group that I was in a complete shift like that. It was just that quick. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, Oh, well we're going to try to, like it was clear to me. Like I can't continue doing this. Like those things I'm involved in are, are, are so intertangled with my sins. I have to be, I just have to be done with them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I
3: just have to quit. And I wanted to, And so I did, and this is, I mean, I'm saying I did, I did, you know, but this was God's conviction, but also his power in my life to say, this is going to change. Yeah. And, and no one told me what repentance was. It was just like, and so instead of talking about, well, this is the process of repentance and these are the steps that take place. Like repentance is the, is what happens when you see your sin for what it is. And you're not making excuses for it, and you're not turning away, you're not self-medicating with entertainment or food or alcohol or whatever other form of whatever other sin. You say, This is what I it is, and this is what I am. Then you say, Ah, I want to get away. I need to get away from this. That's what repentance is, is that is the that
2: response after you've seen the the mouth of hell open up for you.
0: Yeah, it makes me think of, I, I, heard, I saw this online where this person was late to work and uh, they asked, like, why are you late? And, they, and the, the response was, because of who I am as a person. <laughs> and in a way, that's terrible. And in another way, it's actually really great. Yeah. Because the repentance, like a, a crucial part of repentance is starting to understand that the, the sin that you committed is not this thing that's outside of you, that besieged you from the outside and you were overcome. It comes from within you. Like, that's, that's what James says, is that um, our desires, we are carried away by our, our own temptations and, and desires we have. Um, it's not something that happened to us. It's something we did because of who we are. And to actually repent of the sin, in an important way, means becoming a different kind of person.
3: Yeah, and for that to happen, you have to get rid of all of the excuses and justifications that are, that are acceptable in our society.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Like, if, if there was ever a perfect candidate
2: for like poor you, it's me.
1: Mm.
2: I
3: grew up poor. I grew up an only child. I-, I grew up with no father. I met my dad when I was in my 20s for the first time. He left when I was like six months old. My mom never remarried. My mom worked two full-time jobs until I could start contributing financially to the house. When I was like 14, I ran around with, I, I we lived in a poor neighborhood. I ran around with the other kids whose parents didn't care where they were. Mm-hmm. My mom was sleeping, so I could do what I wanted. And like, oh, he's made bad life. To, he's, he's got a bad life because he was dealt a, you know, a bad hand. Right. Like I'm the person, everybody could be like, well, what are you gonna do? He never had a dad. What are you going to do? Like he was poor. What are you going to do? He barely got through high school, mm-hmm. which is true of me. My senior year, my mom asked, are you actually going to graduate? I was like, yeah, I'm going to graduate, mom. <laughs> I'm not going to graduate with a real good GPA. <laughs> mm. But the classes that I'm failing, I don't need to graduate. <sighs> Jeez. I failed my share of classes in high school. Mm. Failed one of them twice. Same class. Took it twice. Failed it twice. Not because I was too dumb to figure it out. I just didn't. Oh, I'm going to do the work. Mm. And so, but everyone would be like, oh, well, poor, poor guy. Oh, well, he's this kind of guy because he didn't have a dad i find a lot of Christian men, like the fact that they didn't have a perfect dad being the excuse for like ev- the justification for every struggle they have in their life. And I'm here to tell you not having a dad is awful and it's, and it is a destructive thing, but at some point you have to own
2: up and say, but I did that. I
1: did.
3: that, And it's, it's, it's my mess. Right. I made it and yeah. I can have the dignity of, of trusting God and repenting and cleaning it up is you know, serving God. But I can't, I never can do that. If it's always, well, I never had a dad to teach me. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. And
0: there's a difference between an explanation and an excuse.
3: Yeah. Like I mean, yeah, you can say, okay, these are the propensities that this guy's going to face because he didn't have hmm. that sort of training, that sort of instruction, that sort of help growing up. But at some point it's like, but you, you're, you've you've been shown another way and now you're rejecting and that's a lack of repentance and so i think repentance requires that you take moral responsibility for your actions and as long as you tell other you've got it in your head that what i do is not my fault or i didn't mean for that to happen, i didn't mean to hurt those people i didn't mean for that bad thing to happen that's just an excuse of course you didn't mean, like, what are you, like, what kind of person would you have to be to mean to do that kind of, cause that kind of destruction? Mm-hmm. It doesn't change the fact that you did cause that sort of destruction though. Right. And so you have to say, okay, I did that right. meant to, or not, I did it. Yeah. And what am I going to do with that reality?
0: And with that, I mean, the other thing I would think is that often like you can say, oh, I didn't really mean for that, or I didn't mean it, but you actually did. <laughs> In a lot of cases you actually did. Like, if you said that mean thing to your wife, like, you actually meant it. You were mad. Like, and that's what you said We you were mad.
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, the repentance re- just requires ownership, that mm-hmm. you did the thing. Whether it was good, bad, whether you did it in the heat of the moment, or whether you were plotting and scheming for weeks, you, you did what you did, and you didn't have to do what you did. Mm-hmm. So much of the time, the justification is, well, I didn't have any other choice. That's not true. You didn't have a choice that you you either didn't have a choice that you were aware of because of your ignorance or your impatience or some other thing, or you didn't like the other choice. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And so you chose, you're like, I I can either continue in sin or I can get out of sin like this, but here's the cost. I want a third choice where I can get out of sin, but without the cost, without having to pluck out my eye, without having to lose the relationship, without having to go through the pain.
2: And that option's not not often on the table
3: when it comes to real repentance. It's, it's just, repentance is just humiliating. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. Right. And what we wish is that if we would, re- if we would repent of, of our sins, we think it's just this transaction, well, I repented of that, so I don't have to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe in God's providence, you'll have a season of reprieve. But we think of our sins as being like, just having roots that grow just in the surface, but like the roots of our sin go down so deep, they they spring back up in other places. And if I were to describe my own life, it's like there's—I don't know that there's any sin in my life that it's like well, I just don't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah, it's changed the way that I have to deal with it, the way that it expresses itself, the way like with the battles of the, the areas of of pressure. Have have shifted, but it's like, oh, well, I just don't deal with anger anymore. I've told, I was telling Eric earlier this week about what I was like in high school. I said, the thing is, none of you guys, I mean, I didn't, I didn't live in Indiana, I lived in Chicago. I didn't know, I don't have any touch point from my childhood that I'm still in contact with today. Wow. Other than family. And I'm like, dude, you don't know what kind of guy I was when I was like youth. I mean, I have my sins now, but you're experiencing a really different person. Than I was then. Yeah. And I told him stories and he's just like, you did what? And I'm like, yeah, that's what it was like. <laughs> right. And I can see now what it was, but I couldn't, I couldn't see it then. Um, and so
2: a repentance is, is, repentance comes after a breaking of your heart toward God. I don't know that you can repent toward other people if there's not a strong element of repentance toward God as well. Because what do you replace it with? have to replace it with a with with renewed pursuit
3: of of obeying god and realizing it's still going to be a struggle it's still going to be a fight like and that so when luther says you know that, that that when our lord said that when said when he said repent he meant that our christian life would be a life of repentance like the best we can hope for as christians in this life is to is grace sufficient to continue to repent to fight against our sins until we die yeah I know that's not how people talk about repentance or the Christian life. And they're not like, Oh, and that's the thing I'm signed. Sign me up. But that's because you've been sold a, a bill of counterfeit goods as the other option. The other option is judgment is, is that is still misery is still pain is still uncontrolled sin. And then at the end of it, you know, during the process, no growth. And then at the end of it, hell. Yeah. that's the other option. This, 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 this idea that, that, sin can just you can go
2: away and you can have a good easy comfortable um, life as the world sees it or or would, would weigh it out doesn't exist right.
0: not so, for the christian something i think about it as it relates to repentance is that i think we have this we have this unstated expectation that if you if you have to repent shouldn't have to do it very long. Um, and like one of the ways this plays out, it, there's the, the Revoice Conference and, and the, the heresies that they teach around, surrounding homosexuality. At the bottom of it is people who, like some of them, like honestly tried to stop having homosexual desires and were not able to quickly resolve that and just gave up. Yeah. And I think that that's... And so what, what ends up happening is if you persist in a sin long enough, you either have to decide that you are willing to keep fighting this sin over and over and over again, maybe for years and years, or you have to tell yourself your sin's okay. And I think we, everybody reaches that point um, if you have a besetting sin that you've struggled with long enough. Um, and so, I know, like, hearing you talk, like, I think about my own sins and some of the ones that I've had for a long time and i i just i hear what you're saying about repentance and i know that that's what i need to do and i also do not feel like i have the ability to do that and what would you say to someone who is hearing this and they're um and they, they are tempted toward despair they're tempted to throw their hands up and say woe is me What like what 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 can we do like what?" Well, what would you say to that person? Well,
3: it's hard to talk to that person because you don't feel like you can say anything hard or any ask any more probing questions. The first thing I'd ask is,
2: what do you want people to say about you when you're dead? Like, What do you, what do you want
3: the testimony of your life to be? From the people who know you and who love you and who are going to come to your funeral, what do you want them to have believed to be true about you? They're going to know you what your sins were because right. they, were, they, were the, they were your family. They were...
2: You're, uh, they were in your house, you know,
3: what do you want them to say? because what what the the reason I would ask that I ask that question is because of what you want to say is you just want to relieve the pressure mm-hmm. somehow, and it's like, I don't know that I've got pressure really, like I don't have easy pressure really for you. I don't have
2: five steps and then it's easy. And so I think some if if you really are
3: a more um downtrodden melancholy type of personality like my expectation what i'd say to them is i don't think you should expect to be
2: a cheerful like a uh something you're not exuberant yeah yeah like you're going to you're from your vantage point life is <laughs> is like this mm-hmm. that doesn't mean
3: you can't honor god and that you can't grow um with the gifts and the strengths and the weaknesses and sins that you have, but it's not going to look the same as this exuberant person. I think we, I think we tend to idolize the the people who have different sins than us. Mm. And we think that's what being a Christian is like, like I'm just this, I'm just this, this Eeyore of a person who's always like, Oh, so bad. It's not fair. And it's so hard no matter how much I do. And like, if I could just be more like, that person over there who's carefree and who's the life of the party and who's fun and who's doesn't have pretty and doesn't have any problems is what we think. Then I would be Christian, but it's like, but you could go talk to that person Mm -hmm. and they've got their whole, they've got a whole bunch of problems too. They're just different problems. And so I don't think I'd say to the person who's temperamentally downcast, you just, you just need to, there's a simple fix for that. This is, this is the, this is the background of your struggle with sin. That, and I want to see you make progress. I want to see you grow. I believe God can help
2: you. But I think one of the things I would tell them is that this is a weakness that you have. We all have. I have different ones. I don't tend to be that guy, that downcast, like, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. like. But God, what I would tell them is God loves sinners. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to clean yourself up
3: um, before God will love you. And you don't have to be most of the way clean. Like you don't have to have made a good faith effort to get cleaned up first before God will will love you and will care for you and will will accept you. Yeah. And so it really is just the gospel to them. But it does, but then it does mean the fruit of that gospel is that they would that they would want to respond to the love of God with love for Him, right? In return.
0: And what I think of is that um, if you're still trying to. Get away from your sin through your own effort, then you still haven't repented. That repentance is incomplete until you've given up on conquering that sin by your own power, and all, and you just throw yourself at the mercy of God. Oh God, please change me. purge me with this up.
4: Yeah, B- better to say that they haven't complete. Like that's obviously steps of repentance. The person begins by trying to flee their sin. Yeah, but they have some point have to come to grips with the fact that they can't do it in their own strength. They're doing it poorly. If they do it well, then they're proud of the fact they did it well. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, well, I took care of my sin now. And the quote that you opened with, uh, the, the Christian's life should be a life of repentance is the idea that this isn't something that we did five years ago or 10 years ago or 30 right. years ago. And like, oh, now it's taken care of. It's that the, the moment of repentance reveals something about who we are in our character. But, and then we're going to be working out through our lives moving forward. Oh, this is who I am. And if not for the grace of God, I will continue to be that person. Like yeah. without the continue, uh, the, the, uh, ordinary means of grace, right. We've been talking about the church, like without yeah. the church in my life, like that's what my life looks like without Jesus. Like right now, if God stepped away from me, if, if, if the Holy spirit was removed from me, like that's the person I am, like, yeah. that's the, that's the mess that I make.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, I remember in college, um, like early on in my college years I had a problem with pornography and I was able to overcome that and, and and be free of that and that was like mildly scandalous because all the guys around me were like how did you do that that's supposed to be impossible right um and so like I'd have some conversations and what I what I often would ask them is like okay are you are you reading the Bible? And like, what I would tell them is, I've never seen anyone be addicted to pornography who reads ten chapters of the Bible a day. It just does; it doesn't happen. Um, and that, that's because one, because the, the Word empowers us to defeat sin, and two, because it takes a long time to read ten chapters, and that's time you're not spending right. building up temptation or like putting yourself in a bad situation or whatever it is. Um,
3: but even that, it's. When you say that, it's, there's so many ways repentance can be um, systematized where you're like, right. well, if you just do this, then that'll solve the problem. If you just get covenantized. Yeah. If you just do this, if you just do that, and it's like, you can do all of those things mm-hmm. and there not be repentance. Right. You know, what I hear people when they talk about covenant eyes. you know, the protection on their, their devices is, well, if you want to get around it, you can get around. And it's like, yeah, but but the problem is if, if you, what's the point of putting it on your phone? If you're just, if you can, if you're intent on getting around it, then what you're really saying in other words is, um, I don't want to repent of this. What we'll often say to men in that situation is, um, you need to call somebody like you need an accountability partner. You need someone that will pray with you. Um, but you need to know when you're going to, when temptation arises and you need to actually fight those things. Now, if you won't, If you won't call somebody and tell them what's going on, and pray with them and get together, and then say, "Yes, I will get away from whatever," you know, put my phone in the other room. Okay, I'm done. Like, if you won't make a plan plan with them because you want to repent, I mean, if you come to me on you know a week later and you're like, "Yeah, I had a bad week," this and that and the other, and I'm like, "What did you do to fight this?" And like, you had you had a stretch of three bad days, but you didn't do anything to
2: get out of it. I'm sorry. I'm really I'm sorry. That's a grief you're coming to me because you're grief-stricken. Um but in the moment, you did what you wanted, and yeah. what you wanted was not to repent. Um
4: one of the first men's Bible studies that I was here the scripture lesson mm-hmm. was the scripture that we we're studying was how shall young man keep his way pure. And I remember what you said to us, you said like, we're not mind readers. The elders here are not mind readers. If you're struggling with sin, you need to call us, call somebody, tell somebody that you're struggling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one of the elder elders said, I've gotten a phone calls in the middle of the night um, to somebody saying, I'm struggling with temptation. And the person that had called him said, that was me. Yep. They called him at two o'clock in the morning to say, I'm battling pornography right now and i need your prayers um and i've had long longer conversations with that person and they described the steps of grace that god used with john through john as one of our elders to help them and uh it it was essentially saying it's not going to be something you just lay here and 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 wallow in your filth and just say well thank god he forgives me and grace covers it was it was steps of scripture memory and but they were they were all predicated on the idea of genuine accountability of, of actually uh, repenting and then confessing to other brothers in Christ to help you uh, to help you overcome that sin.
3: Yeah. And so I think repentance, while it's not formulaic, it does have an element of you do have to make a plan. Yeah. Like one of the things I'll often ask men, if there's a recurring sin in their life, say, okay, well, when is that most tempting to you? Like, and what I'm asking is like, when should you expect these temptations to come? Right. Because what we want to do is be fighting the, it's, it's like, if you lived in Florida, the goal is to get the plywood up over the windows before the hurricane hits. <laughs> so you need the weather report yeah. so that you have time. Right. So you have to learn, you know, the, the, <laughs> to read the weather and say, you know what, it's time to get the plywood out.
0: Right.
3: And because it's, it can get too late.
0: Right. And literally speaking, um, I I think that one of the best pieces of advice for especially young men is that generally speaking, like there's the old saying that like nothing good happens after midnight. And like I would I would add to that nothing good happens on the Internet after midnight. Like just (laughs) do not use the Internet late at night. It's not a good idea. Um, And and like basically we ought to like what you're talking about, we ought to be able to think about the times in which we're going to be stronger and the times in which we're going to be weaker. And just, if, you're, if, it, is it, if it's going to be a weak period, just don't expose yourself to the temptation during the weakened period. You can't get away from temptation forever, but you can limit it.
3: Yeah, I think, I think it's helpful because you're talking about like preventative all in the front, and I'm like, but that's not repentance. Repentance is what you do after you screw up. Yeah, And I'm like, but the goal of repentance is to screw up less. Yeah. So the way to screw up less is to is to be taking steps of repentance
2: beforehand. Not that you're repenting of sins you haven't
3: committed, but that part of your repentance from past sins is working to prevent that that environment, you know, from happening again. That that those ten set of temptations. And what and well well what's that mean? Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. The Bible tells us you should cut off your hand. You should pluck out your eye. You should. You should run away screaming like Joseph did, you know, run away from, from Potiphar's wife. Like costly stuff. He got thrown in prison. Like you wonder, was Joseph ever tempted by Potiphar's wife? Probably. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I'm like, okay, you know, if man, you know, if I can't if, if Jesus is a is tempted in all ways like as we are, I can only imagine what temptations any other man would face if, you know, Pharaoh's wife was right keen on you. It's like, so I think he probably was
2: like, uh, I fear God or I'm going to get, I'm going to satisfy my flesh. And he ran away.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Like, and so
3: you have to fight ahead of time. You have to, you have to be continually fighting. And so it's not this repentance is not just the beginning of life. It's not just the repent for big sins. Like there'll be things like there've been times I've had conversations and I come away and I'm like,
2: I overspoke i said more than i should
3: it was slander it was gossip you know i was angry or whatever and what am i supposed to do just like well the the initial reaction is like well i'll just be sure not to do that again again (laughs) but then i'm left with like if i had the conversation with you you're left with like well, pastor said dave said blah 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 i taught you that that's something to say that's the way to say it it's okay to say it so no i have to come back to you and i have to say uh, that thing I said was wrong. I shouldn't have said that it was not your business or it was uncharitable or whatever the problem
2: was. And you have to, uh,
3: you have to go back and fix it. I mean, not, I don't mean fix it and like make up for it, but like acknowledge it and say, this was wrong. I shouldn't have said this. This was sin of me. Um, and if it's someone you regularly interact with, like you're going to get to know that this is a, common temptation. This is a regular you know, and hopefully get to the point where your brother says to you, hey man, like, you're doing it. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. I, well, the, the last thing I, I was thinking of as it relates to repentance is that um, this is a, a time for us to just trust God. Like, let's do what we can. Let's make the effort. Let's put ourselves in good situations. Let's not make provision for flesh. Let's read our Bibles and pray and have fellowship and have accountability. Confess our sins to our elders. Like these are all good, important things. Like we want to try to be spiritually strong. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to be just believing that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. And mm-hmm. whether in this life or in glory, our sins will be destroyed. And we can we can hope in that and trust in that. And what we need to do is we need to we need to to despair of ourselves and look to Christ because yeah. He has defeated
3: us. Yeah. I think you just said something that made me the, the connection between confession and repentance, that it's an essential part of confession is an essential part of you said, well you just go and you confess your sins and I'm like, no, they don't. No, I don't. No, that's not the thing I'll do. I want to separate the two and say, well, I will repent without ever confessing my sins to God or the people i sinned against i'll just do better yeah and confession and i think part of the reason we do that is largely just because of shame we're just ashamed and we don't want to admit what we did and pride yeah yeah pride and also pride yeah yeah what yeah. will people think of them? like they, they it'll ruin their image of me it'll i don't know if that's what you mean that's what i'm thinking
4: yeah, about. yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> my, well and it's it's humbling to us like it, it's embarrassing and it's one of my like just a beautiful moment with with Jaron uh, last year. Um, we'd been attending the church for a few months, maybe six months or something. Had family worship, mm-hmm. and uh, then I was going back to tuck the kids in and give them their goodnight hugs, and walked by the bench that's in our foyer, and Jaron was curled up on the bench, and it was evident that he was emotionally like he was upset about something, and I said, "What's going on, buddy?" And he just started sobbing and said, I lied. And I said, when did, when did you lie, buddy? He said, lots and lots of times. Well, come to find out he had been, I would, he'd gotten old enough. He's my oldest and he would, uh, something would happen. One of the kids would be upset and I would come in and ask what happened. And the girls would say, Jaron did this. He hit us or he threw this or whatever. And I would say, Jaron, did you do that? What, what happened here? And his reply would be, "Oh, I didn't do that." And he would come across like so sincere and so serious that I would trust his answer. And um, so he's he's confessing this, crying, and he wants to pray. And what he told me in that, uh, it was really the very first time this had ever happened for him. He's at that point, I think, seven. And he said, uh, "He said, well, he said, I I would do this. You know, I've been doing this in line, and I would say I was sorry to God, but I knew that I." should confess my sin not just to god but to somebody else and i talked to a sunday school teacher i talked to gabe on sunday and i knew the way he said it i'm not getting the words exactly right but it Mm -hmm. sounded like something like he had learned an exact phrase like confess your sin to god and to someone else and he was just sinning constantly doing this over and over again but because he wasn't coming to me and confessing Mm -hmm. and saying dad i lied i'm sorry he was just falling back into the exact same thing over and over again. And it was this big, like a watershed moment for him to realize that repentance was not just a, uh, a momentary, oh God, I'm sorry. But to turn from his sin, he needed to find somebody to confess, mm-hmm. to have accountability, to humble himself. Because that was the issue. My son is very proud. I'm sure he didn't get it from me, but he, he didn't want to humble himself. And that, that moment of humbling himself and admitting his sin Then was a turning point for him in his in his life, and and I've noticed the fruit of that moving forward, like the difference. Uh, He still sins, he still struggles with things, but God has given him increasing victory and help in these areas that he's been willing to humble himself and confess. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, and so repentance is just a humbling act of obedience to God. Repentance is something God commands, and you're not going to live your life as a Christian without regular helping of repentance saying of acknowledging your fault saying i'm sorry and you're going to repent of the same of the thing you've committed like when when jesus was asked how many times do we have to forgive our brothers like you realize there's some repentance going on there but we would never want to call it repentance because it's like but it was so many times and jesus was like "Uh Uh uh-huh keep forgiving them as long as they come to you keep forgiving them why because that's how god is with us because that's how we are we keep sinning and sinning and sinning and so we need, we need the grace of God. We need mercy. We need to be reminded and reassured of of our sins being forgiven. But we're gonna, our Christian life is going to be, if it's supposed to be a life of repentance, like Luther said, then it's going to be a life of humility. It's going to be a life of acknowledging our faults and asking God to, to be merciful to us. That's so one of the reasons that in church each week we have a com- prayer of confession. Probably one of the things that's strangest. One of the other things people notice when they come to church is they say, oh, it's really weird, but like, you kneel and you have a prayer of confession. And we go, well, well, we're sinners. We're sinners coming into the presence of a holy God, so it only makes sense that we would repent of our sins. You know, when we have the Lord's Supper, we when I, and I fence the table, one of the last things I'll say is, I'll say if you're living in any sin against your knowledge or conscience, you need to confess your sins and, and repent of them. And if the person, if you're convicted of sin in the, you know, I'm not just telling you you should pray a quick prayer before you come up. I'm saying as you as you rec- come up in line to receive the Lord's Supper, you should just make eye contact with the elder who's serving it, and it doesn't take much for them to realize you want to talk to them and just tell them, confess your sins to them, pray with them. I remember I saw it happen a few weeks ago. Someone was in the line. I'm yep. like, nobody's going to be upset if you delay the line for they'll just go over the other line. like it's just don't worry about that because um, it's simple little things like that Well, that would be embarrassing. It's like, well, but you're struggling with sin. Do you not want to be forgiven of your sins? I know you want to be forgiven of your sins, so just ask. Like, no one's going to be discouraged. If they see you talking to an adult, they're going to say, okay, that's what they, this is what's important right now. I can, I can wait. I can go into the line. There's no problems. Um, but it doesn't take much to, to dissuade us from repentance. We'll do it later. Well, I'll do it when no one's watching. I'll do it when it's less embarrassing. I'll do it if I commit the sin again. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
2: like i'll do it anytime but right now yeah so repentance is a humbling work we should be about it it's a
3: it's free what we don't see with repentance is the freedom that's on the other side when jesus said come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden you kind of have to ask like what are you all weary and heavy laden with probably all the all the commands of all the sins well all well yes and all of the and all of the Commands of the Pharisees that you've not been able to keep up with. And now all of a sudden you're just worn out, and Jesus says, Come to me, and you'll find rest. Mm-hmm. And so if you want rest, then repentance is the way to get the way there.
1: Yeah.
0: And welcome back.
3: <laughs> this is the cheesiest way to say that.
4: <laughs> you gotta do better.
3: <laughs>
4: Not quite as cheesy as saying, I want everybody under the sound of my voice. Yes, you gotta stop saying that too. <laughs> all right, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. A... I, I'm waiting for it with every head bowed and every eye closed.
3: <laughs> Come on. I'm here. a Baptist, I see right. that hand. Yes, I you're... see that hand. <laughs> Your Baptist is showing
4: <laughs> everyone under the sound of our voice i hope I'm you're gonna enjoying say it this three
0: times in this episode just to irk you
4: <laughs> and i'll cut it out for
0: <laughs> oh <laughs> man
4: just because
3: you say it doesn't mean anyone's gonna hear it <laughs> he's gonna be the only person in the sound of your he voice has, he's he gonna has say the no. power yep. say all no.
1: right <laughs>